0: Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au.
1: I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility
0: to hear your music anywhere. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. This is, as it says on the box, Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode 196. Uh, thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au. We'll tell you about more about them shortly. We've got a lot to talk about this week in technology. And joining me each and every week from techguide.com.au, Stephen good G'day, mate. G'day, Trevor. Another another podcast. We're clo- getting
1: close to that 200. I think I'd I hope I'm not building the anticipation up yeah. too much, but no, no, that's uh, right.
0: There is some interest there. Mate, I've just, I don't know if you can hear the, the soundtrack in the background here, but there's a very <laughs> important thing that we need to acknowledge from this wonderful week. That's right. And that is your birthday, mate. Happy birthday from all the uh, Two you. Blokes Talking Tech listeners. Thank you very much. Yep. I went for Beatles. Oh, but, uh, of... I won't
1: tell you how old I am, but it is to say that 22, uh, I thought it was, day. mate.
0: 22? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I'm a bit higher than that, but uh, no, all good. I <laughs> uh, had a good day. Thank you very much. But well, it's also the Two Blokes Talking Tech podcast birthday next
0: week. It is uh, tw- on, it uh, the, on the 20s, Sunday, 22nd, 22nd of February. Oh, I love that you've looked uh, it up for four well. years, mate. Four years. And they said we'd never make it.
1: Who, uh, yeah, the doubters out there, they've just got egg on their faces now, haven't
0: they? Yeah, I? Oh, mainly because I threw, that, threw it at them, but that's okay. <laughs> we have a lot to talk about technology, so we won't waste any more time. Not that talking about your birthday was not was a waste of time, <laughs> I'm just, just saying, let's get cracking. Two blokes talking tech. So, virtual reality. I'm going to make a very uh, honest uh, claim here. I thought and think broadly that it's a complete load of BS um I remember looking at virtual reality goggles on beyond 2000 uh and I remember when Samsung launched the gear VR and we saw pictures of it I thought are you kidding me what are you doing but mate and and I've avoided using it mainly because I don't want to look like a complete idiot in a public (laughs) space even even at a small event that we were we're at so I've literally avoided it but this week I tried it I put it on put the phone in. I downloaded the ocean rift. I downloaded the Cirque du Soleil and I was blown away. Yep. Blown away. It's, it's immersive. It's sensational. Gives me a little bit of a headache, but that's, that's just me. Cause I'm a bit of a narc with 3d, but, um, uh, you know, and to be clear, it's not meant for kids under 13, but I gave my kids a go for 20, 30 seconds. And they, it was just the best thing to watch ever. I gave it to people <laughs> at work and it's amazing to watch them go. Oh, look, there's a turtle. Oh, there's a starfish. And they, it's like, it's like they're there. And it and it is just so much fun for me. It's not for everyone, right? It's just no. something great that if you want that gadget for a dinner party or barbecue when people are around and you've got a Samsung Galaxy Note Four, I, I think this is the best two hundred fifty dollars you could spend. Yeah, I think. Uh, and
1: the cost wise, it's it's obviously it's not cheap. Although it could be a lot higher if if they decided to put their own screen in there. So it's kind of the BYO mm. screen with the Note Four. Really, sort of kept the cost a lot lower than than it could have been. But uh, another thing too to to think about is the content. If, if it, it's kind of the the chicken and egg situation here, dear, do you, do you produce a lot of content hoping people buy them, or do you wait for people to buy them before you produce the content? And uh, I remember seeing this at EFA last year, the Cirque du Soleil and the, those even games you can play, but the controls are on the side of the of the uh, virtual reality device. So the, I think the content's there. You're going to get a lot of people using this, especially if they own a Note 4. Mm. I think LG, which we'll talk about in a moment, have, had a, have got a similar approach with the G3. Uh, Quality-wise, I think it's, it's, uh, it's surprisingly decent. It's mm. not HD or 4K or anything like that, but it's it's not bad for considering you're putting a phone in a virtual reality headset. So the experience, though, is there. And you looking around the room, you just mentioned watching people do it. You do look a bit silly, but uh, the experience is def- well, well worth a try.
0: I can't imagine. So I still think the Qantas Samsung partnership is weird. I think it's just a PR thing, but because I can't imagine doing it on a plane for a start, and I can't imagine doing it in a first class lounge either. But I can totally see the the fun of you know just separating yourself from reality, literally, okay. uh, and and just having some fun for twenty minutes. Let me
1: ask you this question, though, mate. Mm-hmm. If Red Bull came out came up and said, "Listen, we've got a new Formula One virtual reality bit of content," would you watch that or not? Yes, I would. There you <laughs> And so you're right because it's about the content, mate. You, you, and you would happily look like a goose doing the whole thing, looking around, doing whatever you had to do for you to enjoy the content. And I it's think the you content may have just, that's going to get you there.
0: You may have just nailed a prediction on on one of the pieces of content that will come about two years ago. Mercedes Formula One put a camera on the side pod of the Formula One car, drove around a track at speed with Lewis Hamilton driving or, or Nico Rosberg, and they put it on a, on a website that allowed you to use your mouse to look around. That's exactly what this is and so i, I think that's absolutely going to happen mate if yeah. i could sit alongside nico rosberg in a formula one car it'd be just the best thing so then the interesting thing then was so to be clear that's that's samsung's headset built with oculus rift technology um yeah. google have a thing called google cardboard which is literally a piece of cardboard with two you know simple lenses in it and you put any phone uh, that's an android phone in it, and and it, it basically separates your vision into two halves of the phone. It becomes a 3D, and it uses the accelerometer as as does the Oculus, um, the Samsung Gear, to to do the looking around part. The car, Google Cardboard you can get online for forty bucks. So LG this week announced that they were going to release the the LG VR for G three, which is their virtual reality headset, essentially, for the G three smartphone. So it only works with the LG G three. Now they're not going to sell this thing. It's going to be a promotional item. You'll see a lot of people giving them away, and basically, if you own an LG G three, my information is you'll get one. Just ask around, find a retailer, or ring LG. You'll get one. They're not going to be available till the end of March. It's basically Google Cardboard made out of plastic. Now, yeah. I was talking to some of the guys from Osdroid, who, uh, it, which is a kind of purely Android website, um, and and they thought they said to me, "This is the best cardboard iteration that's ever been done. It's it's so robust. It's it's really easy to use." But the thing is, it doesn't have a strap to go around your head. It doesn't have any of that. You've got to hold it on. But yeah. mate, I loaded a roller coaster ride in in Google Cardboard. It was an app in. You just go to the Google Play Store. You can do this yeah. now on an Android phone. I got. I nearly got sick. Okay, it was that <laughs> real. I, I, you know, the thing goes up and then it dips down on a, on a big dip on a roller coaster. I felt it. It was ridiculous. So the the thing that this does to your head is is genuine. Yeah. It's
1: quite amazing. Well, it's meant to. Trick your brain into thinking you're there, and in your case, it did. Yep. So, and the G3, uh, you got to remember, has got a 5.5 inch screen, so not quite as big as the Note 4, but still decent size. Uh, and uh, it sounds to me like they've they've made it like a budget version of the Samsung version. And uh, I would say to you, I, you they've know.
0: they've made a they've made an exotic version of Google Cardboard. Yes. Because it doesn't see Google Cardboard doesn't have any of the menu, the touchpad, or anything that. This is the, uh, the Samsung Gear VR does. So on the Gear VR, there's no battery in it because it takes the power from the phone. And by the way, doesn't it suck the power of the phone quickly? Um, mm-hmm. But there's, there's one button for back, and then there's a, a touchpad for kind of up and down and sideways navigation, whereas on Google Cardboard, there's just a magnet that you can tap to, to say yes to, to some app. So it's a, it's a very dumbed-down version of, of any virtual ID headset, but it's more a, a quality production of Google Cardboard than anything else. But again, mate, it's all about the content.
1: You're going to want to get the right content on there and people are going to then, they'll be bothered to use it. That, yeah. That's what uh, what my prediction is. It'll be the, the field of dreams sort of scenario where if you build it, they'll come with mm. the right content.
0: Yep. And there's, the good thing is for Google, um, there, there's a lot of content being made in the Google Cardboard store. The problem for Samsung is Oculus is a whole different environment. So you've got to get your, your apps into the Oculus environment. So it'll be a little battle going on. But mate, if you own a Note 4, you're probably not the average consumer because you've you've gone looking for that phone. Honestly, I'd buy one. Two hundred and fifty bucks yeah, is bit sensational. Of bit of fun. Great thing to to pull out at a party and say you've got to see this. My <laughs> wife, bloody, you know, typical her, she's like, Oh, no, don't like it. Put it away. And then, mate, she comes home <laughs> yesterday from a, a, a appointment at the school and she's talking about, Oh, you need to get that to the school, the teachers want to see it. No, I'm like, Oh, oh, it's good now, is it? So, you know, it does get people excited. Trust me. If my wife can get yeah. excited about something uh, in technology, then it's, it's great. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Moving on. Not touching that one, mate. Yeah, not touching that you one can, at all. Uh, check out the virtual reality headsets and stuff at eftm.com.au. Two
1: blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech
0: with Trevor Long and Stephen Fenwick. Now, Lenovo uh, had an event last
1: week in Sydney. and yeah, not just any old event. It was uh, called Tech My Way. And the very special guest on board for the event was none other than Hollywood star Ashton Kutcher, who happens to be the Lenovo, one of Lenovo's product engineers. He's he's been quite high profile in his involvement with Lenovo. And he was in Sydney for this event. And we all went along. I think it was the highest security ever for an event. There was bag checks and you had to have photo ID and all that sort of thing. And you had to download and print your invitation and check off your barcode and all this sort of stuff so it was a pretty pretty highly strung sort of event a lot of people in attendance of course is a pretty big draw card but the event i expected maybe a a product maybe ever now been announced uh as it turned out it was sort of mainly just a talk a, a ted talk style event where they had a couple of other guest speakers, uh, you know, influential and inspiring Australians who sort of done, uh, done some great work. Marita Cheng, who 2012 Young Australian of the Year, and Cameron Parker, who founded a company called Black Milk, who, a very successful clothing company. And then the main event, of course, was Ashton Kutcher, who basically just was speaking about where he thinks technology is going, mm. what we need, what some ideas of of he thinks or what what tech's going to do, uh, all about sort of being inspired to to find the next big idea, things like that. It was a a little bit of an odd sort of fit. i at the end of it. I'm thinking, okay, is that it? There's not going to roll out any product, but um, worthwhile being there seeing the man in, in the flesh but you now he, he was a very very good speaker and, and was a very engaging engaging speaker but made a lot of good points and involved involved a lot of his sort of Hollywood friends about I think he asked them a question about what's the best advice you've ever been given some interesting answers there and you know dropped a few names like Taylor Swift and his fiance Mila Kunis and Bradley Cooper and people like that so
0: not a bad event mate yeah, the cracking jokes about his fiancée was a little weird, a little awkward. Uh, a little bit.
1: I think at one point he said, uh, you know, he said his fiance goes, her. yeah, I get I get to have sex with Mila Kunis,
0: and it's amazing.
1: So <laughs> like, that kind of broke the ice with yeah, a sledgehammer, let's oh, just say. Yeah,
0: with a sledgehammer, might and it put shards in people's faces at that one point. But <laughs> look, I, I couldn't get there. I had to work, and, and I did know that it was yeah, pretty much a TED talk, and I guess it was it was all right. It was, you know. It was good. It was a kind of inspiring conversation. Um, I, I like the idea of talking about, you know, there is no such thing as a dumb question. Well, probably, really, there is these days and that kind of stuff. Oh. It's all available online um, to watch if if you wanted to. The the YouTube of it is is there. So, yeah, no, look, I I, I think it's a great way for Lenovo to make the point that this man is part of their team. Uh, he and, and it is genuinely more than just a paid, you know, product spokesman. He he literally is passionately working with them. It's not like he's there nine to five, but he, he literally is involved in, in product conversations and that's that's why they're using him in this way. It's a, it's a, it's a the, uh,
1: the interesting thing was that, you know, he's an engaging speaker and, and gave a lot of great ideas and you know, some of the things he was talking about, uh, about, uh, you know, the robots learning how to learn and, and, and all these different, like how wearables can re- identify people and allow them mm. to use screens as their own screen rather than having to carry around their own screen. Things like that sort of permissive access he was talking about because of the wearables and had some pretty out there ideas that were that sort of made a lot of sense. But he, he uh, it's ironic that sort of the, he's he has literally played Steve Jobs on screen in the film Jobs yeah, yeah, yeah. and he was kind of doing his best imitation of Steve Jobs and sort of being that passionate sort of real charismatic sort of speaker and presenter. Um, but you know, just minus the turtleneck and the new ballot shoes. I think he's trying to be that person, that sort of, uh, tech advocate that people kind of listen to and, and inspire. So, um,
0: yeah, he's got some cash and he uses it to invest in, in companies and stuff. So he's, he's a bit everywhere, but no, good, good to see him here. And I'm sure he, uh. I'm sure he enjoyed the talk. Uh, a lot of people were there and a lot of people enjoyed it because they're big fans and maybe maybe it was I heard a lot a lot of people saying that the other speakers were were more were, were so inspiring though that was fantastic to have that. So for him to draw people yeah. to see other that's the kind of good thing about it. He was a draw card and that's that's a great thing about him Absolutely. being a lot of It was it was I think that personally I think the event could have been
1: explained a little better that this is what's going to happen. There's going to be no product. This is it's just going to be Three people talking about technology, and it just happens to be all under the Lenovo banner. Mm. Um, so it was at the Dolton House over in Piermont There, full house, plenty, plenty of people there. Uh, there was a section for the media and stuff as well, and, and uh, look, it was very well organized, and uh, it, it was worthwhile being there, seeing. Two and a half men star in the flesh. I was in the second row, so I got some good photos of him up close. So not too bad at all.
0: Nice work, uh, Ashton Kutcher. Tech my way. Check it out on YouTube if you want to have a look at the full uh, full speech and and the others that were there as well.
1: Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with
0: Trevor Long and Stephen Finnick. Isn't it funny? We, we if we again if we think back to you know beyond 2000 days and going back, robots were going to take over a lot of chores and tasks and. Uh, I remember the only real factory I've looked inside was when I was at, in Sweden last year at the Husqvarna factory. I remember seeing these huge robots making, just doing so much work, but they were locked behind barricades, you know, for safety reasons because they're just swinging around doing stuff. And hey, people don't need to be there. But what's interesting is Audi um, made, made a point this week of, of uh, announcing that they've got robots now taking a part in the final assembly line in one of their factories and what's what's interesting is they they're not locked behind any barricades they're working side by side with real stuff human beings um, to actually enable their job a little more. And I, I thought this was cool because it is that literal kind of, you know, man and machine, um, not working hand in hand, maybe hand in hook, I don't know. But, um, <laughs> but the idea of them, you know, taking a task like bending down into a, into a bucket to get a piece of tech or a, a piece of item that needs to go on the car and handing it to the person, you know, ready to go. So that, so that whole process is sped up. OH&S oh, is better. It's a really cool little idea and, and maybe a sign of more of that sort of um, assistance, robot assistance rather than robot work.
1: Absolutely, yeah, and you gotta you gotta remember Audi uh, being a German company. You know, they're they're normally Germans are normally very efficient. They're all about sort of working well and, and efficiently. Uh, and the robots here, uh, they're working hand in suction cup. They've got a little suction cup ah. that, that attaches to the part and hands it to the uh, to the employee. The the robots themselves have got like a soft outer skin, so in case they they knock the person in the in the line, they're not going to hurt them. There's also cameras and sensors all over them too, so they, they know exactly them. where their boundaries are, where, where they need to be. And again, saving the employees from having to reach across a distance or bend down into a box to pick out a part. Uh, these uh, able assistants, these robotic assistants are uh, are there at the ready. But um, for anyone picturing a Terminator-like takeover of the machines, fear not. The, uh, Audi have come out and said, look, there'll never, ever be a factory without people. People will always be the central part of their operation. Robots are there just to help them. So uh, mm. they are showing initiative in this uh, competitive market. There, the, uh, the in the car world, and uh, the robots are here and literally working side by side.
0: If you want more information, have a check that out. You can go to techguide.com.au and eftm.com.au. And two blokes talking tech is brought to you as always by the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au. If you want to check out their huge range of products, and, uh, including routers, range extenders, or you name it, they've got it. And obviously, one of our favorites is the Netgear. Nighthawk X6 tri-band Wi-Fi router. There's never been Wi-Fi like this. It's breakthrough Wi-Fi technology built to connect to each and every device in your home automatically and simultaneously. Laptops, tablets, phones, TVs, game consoles, cameras. doesn't matter what it is. If it's Wi-Fi enabled, it's ready for the Nighthawk X6. And with massive combined wireless speed of 3.2 gigabits, three Wi-Fi bands and smart connect intelligence, you're going to get the fastest Wi-Fi possible optimised for maximum speed. Check it out, netgear.com.au. Two
1: blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, some very interesting uh, reports coming out of uh, Citrix uh, revealing some interesting facts about smartphones and the relationship between having a larger screen smartphone and the amount of data that we consume. And not surprisingly, the bigger the smartphone the more data we're consuming and the number one form of data is video so obviously a lot of people see view that larger screen as an easier way to enjoy the video obviously on a, on a much larger scale but one stat stood out for me was uh just involving the iphone with the iphone 6 plus plus uh, five and a half inch screen compared to the iphone 6 with its smaller 4.7 inch screen the Citrix study found that iPhone 6 Plus users use twice as much data as an iPhone 6 user, which oh. uh, really sort of confirms that that uh, the theory that the bigger the screen, the more data you're going to use.
0: Go big or go home. I mean, it's it doesn't seem unlikely to me i mean i think there's some some obvious reasons for that and that is you know you're probably doing more with it it's a bigger phone so you probably got it because you want to do more like maybe more video streaming more more product production you know you're probably going to spend more time on it and less time on another device The, the the parallel server i'd like to see is time spent on other devices now that you've got an iphone 6 or a phablet as we might say are you using a tablet list? Are you using a computer list? I wonder how that's affecting it. So it's interesting to see the kind of the concept uh, defined by the survey.
1: And also, you've got to remember, too, that, these, uh, that they had a study with uh, – they sort of had a timeline of the, all the different iPhones throughout the years. And, of course, the, the, the further forward you came with the, the newer devices, the more data they use. You've got to remember, too, that the, the devices are also faster. The new processors, things happen a lot quicker. So, speed, having that added speed, not only of the processor, but now we've got 4G networks and, and it's getting a lot quicker at a 211 AC, that's naturally going to feed into the fact that uh, there's, we're going to want to use more data.
0: Yep. And uh, it's, a, it's an interesting study. You can check it out right now. It's the lead story techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long
1: and Stephen Fennec.
0: Now, I've been. Interested, I wouldn't say a fan at this point of Global Gig for some time since they announced their Global Roaming SIM card, which is a SIM card that works perfectly well here in Australia but also would be active in, in a couple of countries around the world. And um, they've spent a fair bit of time, I think, listening to customers about how it works, what, what it does, and they've reacted to that with some very good changes, which I think sets the company up very well in Australia. Global Geek have announced that they're now providing a 4G connectivity service in australia through the optus network so just at at its at its basic level a 4g um, data service for your tablet for example um, is now available to you for really simple kind of prepaid options which is you know five bucks a month i think 250 meg 10 bucks a month is a gig for a tablet that's easily all i need so Mm -hmm. 120 bucks a year is what i'm going to pay over time for, for 12 gig that's totally as much as i need but the the kicker here is they've added a huge number of countries, uh, more than 80 countries now available in their global roaming. Now, the reason their global roaming was good was because it was a single SIM card. The reason their global roaming was bad was because you had to be smart enough to go into the settings of your, your device, find the, the mobile settings, the APN, and change the APN. Most people listening right now are going, what? What is that? Now, they've done a deal to, to ensure that they've got a single SIM card, a single APN across the world. So you can literally... Take your tablet, works on Optus when you're at the airport. When you get on the plane, you get off the plane in one of these countries, and it will just work. Yeah, this is, this
1: is going to be, I think, very popular with users. One of the most often asked questions that you no doubt, you get and yeah. I get on the radio, people say, look, I'm going overseas. What SIM card do I get? I want to use data. Uh, this really is is something that will suit a lot of users, especially if even if you just go for a month, it's, even though it's postpaid, there's no locking contracts. You can just use it for a month. And then cut it off if you're a frequent traveler so you need data wherever you're going whether it's in australia or in new zealand in asia in europe in america you can still have the say that one sim card with the one plan that includes a lot of those countries within the what you're paying per month in your data limit but there are some other countries where you may have to chip in an extra 10 cents per meg or 25 cents per meg if they're outside of that particular plan that you have but the value they're offering here is pretty decent uh i think that uh, it does solve a problem for a lot of travelers. That, that, that's the uh, successful products and services normally do that. They solve a problem for the, that's existed in the past. Global gig have kind of solved that problem here for a lot of travellers, a lot of people who travel frequently. So I, I think uh, good on them for setting up these partnerships. It would have taken a bit of work to set up these tier one partnerships with these other telcos mm. uh, and and offer a product that's simple to use. I think that's key as well. You mentioned that a lot of people, their eyes glaze over thinking, what's, that, what's an APN and how do I fix it? And it, became, it just becomes too much work for some people. That TriSim uh, technology with that one global APN, that access point name, uh, is a masterstroke. I think that's what's going to get people in this, into the service.
0: And to their great credit, they also have a situation where you won't get ripped off. So because in some countries you do just pay per megabyte and you you, you take it, you know it, you travel, um, you get your alerts at 50, 85 and 90%, whatever it is, 10, 100% for, for your data usage. But critically, you can the, the thing is when you're using per megabyte, you, you're not getting those alerts. So you're paying 10 cents a meg. They will send you alerts every $50, I think it is, and they won't let you spend more than dollars $200. For you to spend more than two hundred dollars, you have to pay that two hundred dollars. So you're making a commitment to have you know paid the paid the bill, and then they'll let you do more if you choose to. So it's a very smart thing. There is literally no chance of extraordinary bill shock, and that's a that's a good thing, man. I, I'm that's, really but, impressed by that.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's another reason why like people they want to they want to feel safe in their investment. There's a lot of people who travel overseas and come home and terrified when the when the mailman drops off their bill because uh, the very word bill shock is exactly what it is they see the bill and they're in shock and for global gig to take that off the table to ensure and assure people that that's not going to happen uh, I think it's just another another feather in the cap for them that's going to get them a lot more customers knowing that, uh, that they've got there's, there's this safety net that's uh, going to prevent that bill shock
0: Excellent stuff from GlobalGig. You can check it out right now at techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen
1: Fenwick. Well, we've all heard about two-step verification, uh, two-step authentication is also called, where even if uh, someone knows your password, uh, your account can still be protected because you are sent a secondary verification code to a trusted device or in some cases, you can even set up an app-specific password. Now, uh, in the case of Apple with their Apple ID, they've introduced this feature to, to iMessage and FaceTime to join the existing uh, usage of two-step verification for iTunes, the App Store, the Bookstore uh, as well. So uh, what, what happens is that once you sign in with a password, uh, and you sign into a particular service, say in this case the new uh, in iMessage or FaceTime, uh, or if you have to edit your information, then you're sent a code to that tr- one of your trusted devices, and then you enter that code, and then you're in. Now, cast your mind back to uh, sort of second half of last year when there was this scandal about the nude celebrity pictures being published and hacked from the iCloud and things like that the reason that occurred was because they didn't have two-step verification so it was a sort of brute force attack where celebrities everything about a celebrity is known on the internet mm-hmm. they're their the first car they own the, the name of their school all this information and they they bluffed their way through it these hackers bluff their way through it by finding that information if they did have this two-step verification this code would have been sent to that celebrity's device and only they could have accessed it so Apple stepping that up to iMessage and FaceTime.
0: Yep, good stuff, and it's well worth um, signing up for because it does give you that extra level of protection, and more and more companies are doing it. So well done to Apple for jumping on that with the addition of iMessage and FaceTime. Read about it at techguide.com.au. A couple of quick ones before we get to your minute reviews. I went to um, an event with Energizer. I don't know. it It feels like it was last week. Um, and I thought to myself, I don't even know what they're doing here with batteries. What's, what's the big deal about batteries? Yeah, they've been around since, in fact, Energizer, you know, had the first battery and I think it was 1896 uh, or 95. And then they had the first torch and the the bloke from Energizer said, once we had the battery and the torch, we were away. And I thought that's pretty good point because it's a fair thing to get, get started with. But these days, you know, with the number of batteries in our homes, you know, you think about a family, my place, mate. if I had a dollar for every battery, I wouldn't have had the number of dollars I've spent on the bloody things. Um, They are everywhere in kids' toys. And what's critical is if you throw them away, they're gone. If you recycle them, my research shows they, they become rebar in construction and stuff like that. So what about the idea of using batteries to create batteries? So Energizer have developed a way to turn old batteries into new batteries. Now, at this point in time, the current Eco Advanced product is 4% of the weight of the battery is is recycled, but 10% of the key active ingredient is recycled. So they're aiming for 40% by 2025. So they're really on a path to to a kind of conservation front here where, you know, you're not having to get the, the, the raw materials for batteries as much as you did before. And that's only a good thing, I think, mate.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Batteries, uh, there's like currency, mate. You can never have too much of it. I think they're great having them around and you you think of it where we're using batteries now and we're not talking about the batteries, the rechargeable batteries in our phones and in our tablets and stuff like that. We're talking about all the different products we've got around our home that do require batteries, our remote controls, our lights, uh, our torches, sorry, you know, things like that that are around the house that... When, when you need it, sometimes they're not there. So having a good battery, but a battery that lasts a little while too and, and being recycled obviously is great for the environment. Probably a cost saving there as well. So the battery is a little bit cheaper. So look, you know, if, if if and when it ever happens and the, the, the whole, all the world's electricity goes out like that show Revolution, remember with nothing, no electricity ever yeah, worked. Yeah. You've got a couple of these batteries, you could uh, still find your way around in the in the post-apocalyptic world. If
0: you want more details, check it out, eftm.com.au. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen
1: Fenwick. Very quickly, there was an interesting study by Trend Micro earlier this week. They had out their their quarterly threat report and it found that Aussies are still quite a target for cyber criminals. We do tend to click on a lot of malicious links, mm. sort of these web-based attacks, though, uh, targeted at Australians, knowing that we do we, we, are, we are avid users of the internet, and those of us who are not protected with internet security software, uh, who don't get the warning when we are entering a malicious site, often play right into these, these cyber criminals' hands. Now, uh, the, the number of... Uh, malicious URLs we clicked in 2014 was more than 140 million, would you believe, uh, which is up from the 138 million we clicked on in 2013. So the problem here, though, is that knowing which sites are, are, are malicious, and if you don't have internet security software, it's hard to tell. But what they do is they engineer these different sites. They call them socially engineered laws. So what they do is they seed the search uh, functionality into search engines so that they do come up in searches. Uh, so these are specially engineered sites that purport to have the latest news, latest sport, have really sensational headlines about various things. One classic example last year was about uh, flight MH370, the missing Malaysian Airlines flight. There, It wasn't uncommon for people to see a headline Malaysian Airlines MH370 found in the Indian Ocean, and people are clicking on this like mad, not knowing they're re- they're falling right into the cyber criminals' hands. And for those unprotected users, they're being, having all this 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 junk, this malware installed on their computers. So, end of the day, internet security software is going to protect you from this. Even the updates, as annoying as they are, they need to be done. If uh, you know a few minutes' pain for long-term peace of mind is well worth it.
0: These security companies are monitoring the internet 24-7 every second. And the point of that is they're able to find malicious sites before anyone else. There's always someone that finds it first. That's that's life. That's the zero-day kind of threat. But it's unlikely that you're going to be that person. You're better off being protected and having the link protection. It's very easy. And look, I've got uh, a Trend Micro on my computer here, and every link I've got has a little tick next to it or a question mark, and it tells me whether it's safe. It's very simple, and you get very used to it. So... Check it out. Read the, uh, read the information there. Uh, Stephen's written it all up at techguide.com.au. All right, let's wrap it up with a couple of minute reviews. And the first one, Stephen, what on earth is this? This is the Myo Armband, M-Y-O,
1: by a company called Thalmic Labs. Now, let me explain what it is. It is a, an armband. You wear it on the thickest part of your forearm on your dominant arm. So if you're right-handed, it's got to go on your right arm, left-handed on your left arm, on the thickest part of your forearm. Now, what the, the band does is read the electrical activity in your muscle and while and turns that into a signal. So that it can allow you then to control your computer, your smartphone, applications and other devices by using gesture control wirelessly. So it allows gesture control for nearly everything that you can do. And there's more and more plugins available. Uh, they've put out a developer kit so that you can play a game, you could run a presentation, you could control your drone, your, your Sphero robot. All using the myo armband and a gesture, for example, if you are giving a presentation. And rather than holding a controller in your hand, advancing forward and back throughout your slides, you can simply be wearing the Mayo armband and with a simple wave of your hand to the left or to the right, it advances to the next slide, to the left brings you back. Another example would be, say you're watching a movie on your television or on your computer, rather than you having to reach for the computer for the controls, you can pause it simply by spreading out the fingers on your hand. And then you can resume play again by making a fist or make a fist and hold it Twist it to the right to increase the volume. These little gestures are all slowly working themselves into this growing ecosystem. It's $199 US. I actually bought this device. I saw the video that I've included on my story on Tech Guide and thought, that looks really interesting. I'll be honest, when I first got it, I thought it was rubbish. Uh, it worked half the time, but they did a really big firmware update, and it seemed to solve all of those problems. It's it's way, way more reliable now. Works 95% of the time as opposed to only half of the time it did before. So I was sort of probably one of the early people who had it that had the buggy early version. But now Mayo armband, 199 US,
0: uh, works really well, and it's only going to get better. Good stuff. And uh, you can read about that at techguide.com.au. Two blokes
1: talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen
0: Fenwick. And this one, massive fan of this, the Netgear Click. This is the, uh, yes, it's actually called the click switch.
1: Now, we all, we all need switches. Now, what by that, I mean Ethernet switches that allows you to extend the number of devices you can plug into your network. So in, in Netgear's case, they've come up with the click switch series, which are two devices, an eight-port device and a 16-port device. Now, 16 ports obviously designed for a, a large home office or a small business so that you can connect all of the, all your devices using an Ethernet cable to your network. Uh, the 8 port has two USB ports, so it's sort of kind of more for the home office. Uh, you can then turn it into a charger as well. There's a couple of USB charging ports as well. Uh, but what I really like about them is the shape. Traditionally, a Switch is a square, boxy type of product that's very hard to fit anywhere. It's not very ergonomic in terms of – it takes up too much desk space. But Netgear have really had some, some some thoughts on the design here. They've made it quite long and thin so I could fit under a desk – uh, on a wall, on a desk leg, uh, and, and they've made it so that the power cord is actually uh, can fit into the form the form factor of the device as well. Uh, it's also got a click plate so that it can be pulled on to the plate, maybe put back on again, sideways, so it can ge- can be configured in whichever direction you like, so it gives you that sort of versatility uh, of installation. Uh, they they're, uh, they're, There's two ports, so as I mentioned, eight ports and 16 ports, and you get the USB charging ports on the eight-port device.
0: If you've got an entertainment unit with multiple connected devices, the eight-port is awesome because you can connect everything but then you can have a nice cable there for your smartphone so that when you're streaming bluetooth music and stuff your phone's charging at the same time sensational great little product from netgear and you can check it out at techguide.com.au look it won't surprise anyone to know we've gone over time and steve my theory on going over time because we were originally trying to be 30 minute show (laughs) <laughs> um, is that you know traffic every year gets worse, and I think a large percentage of our uh, our audience who 's listening in the car so we're trying yep. to account for the additional moments of traffic that you have to endure, and uh, or and, and or we're
1: also giving you longer on the treadmill, or on the exercise mm. bike, or on your walk. So sure. we're actually good for your health. We're making you go further.
0: <laughs> two blokes so talking tech. Two blokes tech talking tech,
1: tech, tech is good for you.
0: Once again, it's always lovely to hear from you, and it'd be, it'd be a great little thing to do a, a bit of a Twitter survey on the old Ziggy Zaggy hashtag. If you're on Twitter, go to Twitter, tweet at Trevor Long and at Stephen Fennick, and let us know where are you listening in the car. On the bike, the treadmill, the gym, or just chill them out on the lounge. I don't care. Yeah. Let us know. We when... want to hear the
1: unusual places you listen to the podcast as well.
0: Ziggy, Zaggy's the hashtag. Feel free to take a photo as long as it's, you know, decent, okay? Please don't. <laughs> There's some sick people. clean people. Sick people in the world, Stephen, and I've, I've seen some of it. So send us a photo, send us a, a tweet, and we, we'd love to hear from you here on Two Blokes Talking Tech. Stephen, we'll be back next week. Uh, yes, we will. Thank 197. you. 197. Talk to you then, mate. Yes, you will. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long.